Pablo. Dude, he was cool. Sorry, he let was, me turn you on. He there. was really cool back in the day. Like he was he was awesome. I won't be here tomorrow, neither will Troy. We're gonna have a best of show tomorrow. Oh. I'm going to a concert tomorrow. Oh, Petey Pablo? No, not Petey oh. Pablo, but I, I do hear he's doing that like tacos thing. Uh is I think it started in Kansas City last year. It's like a yearly thing. Tacos and concert. I don't know what it's called, but it's oh, like it's done at crossroads. Old school, old school rappers will be there and you can bunch Buy. of taco trucks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, things like that. I, I didn't go last year, but uh, Petey Pablo apparently going to be there this year. But tomorrow I'm going to be going to the Snoop Dogg Ice Cube Warren G Show. What? Where? Bonner Springs, Sandstone. Oh, my God, dude. That's awesome. How'd you get hooked up with them ticks? Uh, my girlfriend's brother bought them. Ah. And uh, I, I mean, I'll pay him back. Sure. But uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, we're all going to go. Why pay him back, dude? If he's not asking because for the I'm money, because I'm a gentleman, right now. but like right, if he's not asking for the money right now, just well, it's like when the check comes at the table. Yeah, they pick it I up. I know the person with more money is going to probably cover it, like my parents or something. But you know, like I'm going to be like, no, let me get that. No, I'll let them say no. Like I'll, I'll push them a couple of times. This is the most unmitch thing you've ever said. I think you think, yeah. Just just tell them that you're saving your money for a ring. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. Not a bad call there, Mitch. Why? So it, I could set myself up for a divorce someday? Uh, it, it's all it's all Crazy. fun and games until Troy opens his mouth. I no, know. It's yeah. just like if it doesn't, you know, then you're not out whatever you're out. You just you got to see Snoop Dogg and Warren G and the Ice Cube for free. That's awesome. I wouldn't pay him. I wouldn't pay him a dime. Oh, she's not listening. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, at the very least, which she probably is, I'll buy a round of drinks or something, you know? Yeah, buy a round there of drinks. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, and that's the a, here's a bunch of old Milwaukee's, guys. Uh, now, listen, a round of drinks anymore costs about the same as the tickets. Yeah, Come a, on. Yeah, wait a second. I mean, at Sandstone, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. No. I mean, they're stadium prices, uh-huh. as you can imagine. Uh-huh. Uh, probably like 10 bucks a beer. And it's like the Royals games or KC Chiefs games, I'm always like, all right. Take it easy. You go to Sandstone, you're like, let's rip. Let's I love Sandstone. <laughs> Me too. Sandstone's a great place to go watch a show. If Even yep. up here, if you're up on the lawn, the old school speakers they still have set up there, they still sound great. Awesome. I just try to get in the middle. Yeah. As long as you're in the middle yeah. or maybe shading towards one of the speakers, you're in a great spot. Mm-hmm. And I like – if you get like the seats that are in between – the lower seats and the grass, they're terrible. Sure. They're terrible. There yeah. are no elevation. We tried them one time. Terrible seats. Do not sit there. You either get the seats close up that have a little bit more elevation to them, mm-hmm. or you get the pit or the grass up yeah, top. Yeah, the middle is The middle is oof. awful. Yeah, it's bad. Especially when you're small like me. But, the, like, it doesn't matter if you're small. Like, if you're it in the back, matter. you're not going to see anything. Yeah. You, got, you, you might as well just move up to the grass. It's odd. It's like everybody on the grass is, like, cool and chill, but the middle is, like, where you get the heathens. And people start pushing. It's weird, man. Every time it's weird. But, I mean, Azura Amphitheater. Sandstone. Sandstone for life. That's how I've known. I've been going, well, it's been there forever, but I, my first show there was, like, in 2007. It was Sandstone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what it'll always be. 91. Sandstone? Sandstone. Man. Well, I love a good B-52s. outdoor venue. The B-52s. Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers Whoa. opening. I've never even heard of them. Uh, uh, Bob Marley's son, Ziggy. Ziggy. Oh, okay. Look Who's Dancing Now was 
at the time exceptionally hot on the charts. Wow. And that and so yeah, they opened for the B fifty twos, which that was right in the middle of Love Shack. Uh-huh. Oh man. Uh-huh. Before exactly. we before we get to uh also men's basketball. Saw, also saw Cannon Crows and uh and uh uh Dylan's kid. Oh yeah. Um uh what's that kid's name? The Wallflowers guy. Wallflowers. Yeah. Saw them. Jacob at, Dylan. Yep, saw them for my uh twenty eighth birthday there. Damn. Before we get to uh, men's basketball, did you see Mike Tyson lit up some kid on an airplane Beautiful. because he kept antagonizing him and pushing him it, it's, verbally? You never, you never want to be somebody who says violence is okay. You should try to find a way to, to, to do not do that. But, he got Will Smith. Yeah, you you play stupid games, you're going to get stupid prizes. Now, and now, now, come on. He just was trying to play punch out in real life. <laughs> well, he got there. He got to the last fight and lost. If you, so I've watched the whole video here. There was one from like the side of like the kid leaning over the seat and yeah. like talking at talking to Mike Tyson. He's trying to ignore him. But this what's and then the, the next videos of him punching with his right hand. I mean, he was throwing rights. It was awesome. And for some reason, the dude is bleeding on the right side of his head. It's like three, four blots of blood. It's really weird how the bleeding. He's not bleeding anywhere else. Yeah. It was really weird. Catch him with a ring, maybe? And then he's got this sad face afterwards. And I heard he is contemplating the present charges. Yeah, he's going to get cash out of it. This guy stinks because just leave the man alone. He's on an airplane. He He gave him the selfie. And then the guy continued to harass him. Man, have you seen so, the video of him at that stand-up? So I was going to bring that up. Oh, my Because God. this is a month after he's at some comedy show and some guys in front of him talking to him and also just being dumb and trying to start something with Mike Tyson. And then people come up and be like, hey, guy, back off. While Tyson is cool, calm, and collected, sitting front row. And then the dude lifts up his shirt, pulls out a gun, cocks it, and people start backing up. Yeah. But Mike Tyson is still sitting there. Yeah. He's cool, not doing anything. The guy puts the uh, the gun back in his waistband, and then they're like handshaking yeah, and hugging and hug. stuff. It was he weird. Gave him a hug. It was weird. Mike Tyson is used to people saying, "Fight me, fight me. I want to fight Mike Tyson." I I know that he's been through that a bazillion times, but this one kid, he got it. And you know, you ask for it so many times. You're gonna get what you ask for, and he did. He he got he got whooped, and I'm glad he did. I like I said, you don't like to see violence settle anything, but hey, man, sometimes that's what goes. That's down. why Troy doesn't drink much. If he drinks too much, he right? likes to fight people, He's yep, slapping exactly. people right upside their head. Sure. All right, let's talk some hoops here. Number one recruit on my list for K State men's basketball, and he will be visiting tomorrow. This would be a gigantic land if Coach Tang and company get a commitment this weekend. And that's from Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis. He is the number 22 scorer in college basketball history. If he continued on the pace this next season and what he has previously done, which is 24 points a game in his career, he would finish as the number two scorer in college basketball history. Played four years at Detroit Mercy, so he has the one year of eligibility remaining. So he put out there on social media, he's visiting three places, Maryland, Georgetown, and K-State. Hmm. So K-State's had two guys come in already, and they've committed on the spot. They were impressed. They were ready to become Wildcats, and now they've committed, and they've signed. So Drum Tang is two guys ready to go. 
looking for that third this weekend and, of course, a lot more as well. A lot of scholarships still to fill. Let me quickly do the math. I believe it's eight right now. Now, Antoine Davis, yesterday was Maryland. So he stops by, meets the Maryland people, and he, he, he tweets about it. He said, would like to thank Maryland for having me on their campus for an amazing visit with a red heart and a yellow heart. Let's be honest, guys. He wasn't impressed. He, he, he wasn't. He was like, yeah. He took off. Maryland. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. Now he's in the nation's capital today visiting Georgetown. Let's hope we get a similar tweet. Yes. He comes to Manhattan. I wish we could have the whole band out there. We could have Ooh. the cheerleaders, the classy cats, everybody out there to greet him at the airport. But you can't do that. It's not allowed. Ah. However, it has taken a, a bit of a different turn, and I like the I like the uh, like the teamwork here because not only you know Jerome Tang and company they're doing their thing with the recruiting process. But Marquise Noel, Ish Masood, they've been speaking up on social media. Guys, share the K-State love with Antoine Davis. Show him what it's like to get that family love. Oh, man. And they've been doing that. I saw a tweet earlier today from a K-State cheerleader that was tweeting at, at him about coming to K-State. Plus, fans after fans after fans, which is not uncommon to see yes. on their social media. Like when they'll tweet something. As a matter of fact, Antoine J- Davis did tweet, Georgetown Today, if you look at all the comments... Cats, 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 cats. <laughs> yes. It's become a group effort, and I think people have realized exactly how big of a get this would be. Antoine Davis is up there among the uh, – actually, I'll take that back. He might not actually be regarded as like the best recruit out there, which is silly to me. I don't know who's all been trying to get him, but you know he's on those three visits, right? So you feel pretty good about K-State's odds. But a guy's averaged 24 points a game in his career. He's a 43% field goal shooter. He is an incredible player. He's so good. I've already been practicing how to say his name for the starting lineups. But this is also somebody you could be like a marquee get and also turn into a marquee type of player. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he wants to be a superstar. He wants to be the premier name of K-State or wherever he decides to go of that program, right? He would want to be the guy. But also, I wonder, because of NIL, I mean, does this thing turn into something like a bidding war type of thing? You know, K-State, I know, especially with Jerome Tang now, is here. You know, they're putting in more effort. They know they need to compete. And they want to step up the game. Jerome Tang wants to step up the previous game K-State had in men's basketball and recruiting. Money's got to be ready to go. And if he's worthy of it, Got to give it to him, right? Yeah. But I know that's not the most necessary. I shouldn't say necessary. It's not the most. Uh, it's like not the most number one thing on everybody's list when it comes to recruits. I'm sure there's guys out there that is getting attention from Kansas and Kentucky, but they're going to other schools most likely because it's the best spot for them, even though they might be getting a better deal somewhere else. But Antoine Davis would be gigantic. I I've said it many times on this show that I don't get too impressed with recruiting. Because the way I am is you can give me all the stars you want. You can give me all this high school, this or that, all you want. I got to see it happen. I got to see it on the floor in that collegiate uniform against collegiate teams. And I got to see that, yeah, you are the real deal. But also that it goes into into the coaching. Can they develop this guy? Can he be great? If Antoine Davis 
this weekend, commits to K-State, and fingers crossed, I hope it does happen this weekend, it'd be three for three for Jerome Tang and company of getting a commitment from guys that are visiting, that would be a monster get, and you're damn right, I will be impressed. And that is going to be the marquee name so far if it does happen. That would be so awesome. If you haven't done so, ESPN has a little collection of the best of him this season, and it is crazy. This guy is a gunner. I know that there's a four-inch height difference, but he reminds me of Jordan Crawford from um, Xavier and then in the NBA. This guy will shoot it from anywhere, well, and he's got a stroke. And let's remember, this is he has one year of eligibility remaining. Mm-hmm. And to me, like I'm not looking for this to be just the most glorious year ever. Like That's not my expectation. It's a stepping stone for me for having great years in years two and three for Jerome Tang. He said it himself. It's going to be, we're going to turn this thing around, we're going to do it quickly. But I'm not expecting the the grandest of turnarounds in year one. That would be fantastic. I love like an Iowa State, let's go to the NCAA tournament and turn things completely around, even though they didn't go as deep as they they would like to. But um, he would be such a great get for that one year, that stepping stone year. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about a replacement for Nigel Pack? This is the guy. It is. And he is, I mean, his scoring alone tells you what kind of phenom he can be. 24 points a game, but he's also a great passer. I mean, we're talking four to five assists a game along with that scoring. He does turn it over a little bit, but you know, Marquise Noel did turn it over a little bit as well, but he made up for it by having one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the Big 12. I don't know how many times I could tell you this would be gigantic, and this is the big recruiting test now for Jerome Tang and company about impressing this kid and making him a Wildcat. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll speak with K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes. Big weekend against UC Irvine, but they've also had a great four of last five winning games, including winning a series against Texas. We'll talk about all that next on The Game. We're back to the game. The Fort, number two, DG, Sage. Little Nas action, boy. At Mitch the Fort on Twitter, at Troy Coverdale. What's yours, DG? Uh, at DG uh, K-Rock. You can hit me there. Host of the K-Rock Morning Show. That's right. Let's get weird. Sage, do you have anything to plug? Not particularly. All I right. just browse. Oh, come just on. Just a browser. Oh. She's a stalker. Yeah. Uh, lurker, stalker, slash, yeah. It's kind of weird, man. The Batcats have won four of their last five. Their record is currently 19-17 and 17 with a 3-9 and nine mark in Big 12 play. But winning four of those last five, two of those wins, was a series win against the Texas Longhorns, the number seven team at the time in the country. And that locks, lo- uh, uh, locks up rather the... Uh, well, the toughest start when it comes to Big 12 baseball in the conference's history. Wow. And K-State has now done that two years in a row. Now, they do want to improve that record at 3-9 and nine in the conference. That's right now second to last with KU, dead last at 2-7. and seven. But this weekend, they will have a three-game series out of conference play against UC Irvine. But we're now joined by the head coach of K-State baseball. That is Pete Hughes and coach. 
Appreciate your time. Winning four of your last five, winning a series against Texas, do you feel like the team has finally caught some momentum that you've been looking for? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was a challenge for us. It, it, five games in, in, in six six days, and, you know, one against Texas, you know, three against Texas, uh, top ten team, and then to go on the road on a Monday after a holiday, after an emotional series, was another challenge at Wichita State. So, and then to, and then to finish it with a good Omaha team. So our, our guys answered the challenge you know, to, to win four out of five in that six-day stretch is uh, – was, was a really good accomplishment for our team. And just, just at the right time, you know, we get the momentum going here. We need to finish strong and go on a really good run. And that was our plan heading into the Texas series. And, and we did everything we wanted to do. The Texas series, at least for me, it was real, it was a lot of fun to watch, especially on Thursday. Your team comes from behind to win game one. But the person I want to ask about is in game two. Blake Adams, previously to that start, had had some rough outings, a couple of rough ones against Texas Tech, and uh, you know maybe he was a little bit upset with himself, not only just because of his results, but also coming out of the bullpen. And then he starts on Friday against Texas, seven innings, and give it a one run on three hits against the best offense in the Big Twelve with six strikeouts. How big was that game for Blake Adams? Yeah, that was that was huge. This this game can be cruel, you know, and sometimes you don't always get the results that your preparation um, allows you to have or you should have for your preparation. But he he's a kid that we think a lot about. We put him in a lot of big situations to win games for us, you know, and it's it's a high level of competition. Sometimes it's not always going to happen, but you've got to be in the right frame of mind, mind to be resilient to bounce back. And you know, he did that for us in game two and. You know, it was a quick turnaround. It was less than a week after giving up the big home run at Texas Tech in, in walk-off fashion, you know, for him to come back and, and to do that and give us such a great outing to, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a series-quenching game. Uh, I couldn't have been happier for the kid. and you know, he, he deserves good results. He, he, he's talented enough to get the good results, and he, and he definitely pays the price to get the good results. So that was a good day for him and our team. Speaking with Bat Cats head coach Pete Hughes here on the game, there was something born during the Texas series that I hope becomes a tradition as a pro wrestling fan myself. In the ninth inning of the Friday game, there's a button for the sound guy, the push that just lets out a Ric Flair woo, and there's usually a lot of people that respond to it. Except in the, in the ninth inning on Friday, there was a response, and it didn't stop. They just kept going with the woos, and it was awesome. You heard it down in Wichita in the ninth inning. A few in the Omaha game. But that's definitely something that needs to stick around, right? A little ninth inning tradition. Hundred percent. I, 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 I want to hear it more during the game. It was, it was awesome, man. It was. I, I would love to have it happen. You know, when when we get a rally going, when we got men on base and in the ninth inning, because, I mean, it makes for a great environment. And I've been looking for that one thing that our crowd can can just have specifically for themselves and say it's. It's a it's a toyton um, it's a toyton deal, you know, and uh, that'd be a great tradition to start. I'm all for it. Our players loved it. There's a lot of energy in the park when that's going down. It was great. It was awesome. Now speaking of the Wichita State game, go ahead. 
we need to push that button when we get a rally going, men on base, bases loaded, the momentum's changed. You, you got to make that happen up there, Mitch. I will. I'll take a mental note of that and pass it along this weekend, no doubt. I, I I'm totally there with you. I, Good I, stuff. I'm all about the Rick, Rick Flair woo and everything <laughs> that comes with it. The crowd ran with it and it made it a lot of fun for sure. Oh yeah, it was awesome. awesome. So uh, the Wichita State game that was a Monday night X Stadium and your team wins twelve to one. You score all of your runs in the first four innings. You know, pitching was really good, but I mean, for yourself, did it feel just good to just get one at X Stadium? It's been a tough run there lately. It has. It's, you know, my career, I, I have not had a whole lot of success coaching in that stadium. And, you know, we got ourselves in the right mindset to, to embrace it, embrace the road, get down there, you know, own, own, own that stadium for a night, bring energy. Uh, Sometimes when you play in a big, big stadium and they don't have a whole lot of people in it, it, it doesn't promote really good energy. You know, you can get sucked into it, and uh, we didn't. You know, we came right out of the gate and and uh, we made it. We made it, you know, a priority to, to play with energy in that park on Monday night. And uh, again, that that's a tough place to play, and uh, we did a great job. We came out of the gate and, and put up a big lead and took the momentum and the energy right from the get go for the entire game. We had spoken previously just about the youth of this team, young team, especially you'll see arms coming out of the bullpen. And um, there's no doubt, in my opinion at least, winning these last four or five games, you've had to have some really good bullpen pitching. Over time, a couple of names, a bunch of names, or one name, who has really stood out to you as guys that have grown throughout the season and been more reliable out of the bullpen? You know, Ty Ty Rule is the... The first guy that comes to mind, you know, he made some big pitches the other night. He's made big pitches all season. I mean, most guys have stuff at this level that wouldn't be here. But the ability to slow the game down and, and you know, in those in those game changing innings and, and be able to make a pitch, a pressure pitch, and he's a guy that's done that. Uh, of course, and Kino's done that for us. Uh, Tyson Neighbors came out and, and made progress this past week. Uh, you know, Dylan Phillips has proven that he, he's going to get his, his role is going to be expanded on the month. But the tie rule is really stuck out. You look at look at the two situations I brought him in um, to face last uh, on Tuesday against Omaha. Bases loaded. Uh, he, he gets with one out, ground ball, double play, and then the next inning the bases loaded with no outs, and he gets he gets a double play, and then. You know, he gets a strikeout. They get out of it with no runs, which, which is unbelievable. So, you know, he's he continued to make big pitches. Uh, he'll be a guy that we're going to down the stretch here as, as, we, as we try to get hot, you know, and, and stay hot as we expand his role and get him out there as much as we can. With K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes on the game, got a couple more for here, here for you, Coach. Um, we haven't seen Terrence Sperlin in the lineup since the opening weekend. No, he did – suffered an injury that first game and um, we've seen a lot of Dylan Phillips at first base which he's done an excellent job or if he's on the mound maybe Josh Nikoloff slides over but uh, is there a chance we'll see Terrence Sperlin this season? Uh, you know I, I'm i not sure he, he, he has had a good week this week uh, as far as just feeling normal I mean, the kid can't walk without pain so mm. this week was the first time I walked by and he said how you feeling he said pretty good he's never said that to me um, 
So we, we feel like we're optimistic that he'll be back in some capacity and it'll probably be a late inning defensive replacement. I don't think we're going to be able to get him back to, to swing the bat at a big 12 level right now. Um, since, you know, it's a back injury. It's been hanging, it's been hanging in there for a while. You just can't. You just can't jump in there and play at this level at this speed uh, with that injury. So we're, we're trying to get him to, to be functional for us as a defensive replacement. I hope so. He deserves to go out that way. Well, coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to be hosting the Anteaters of UC Irvine. First time K-State fans will see them in town since 2008. A 21-13 team. What stands out to you about UC Irvine? Good squad. You know, a lot of returners from a national tournament team uh, last year. They uh, really well coached. Good balance. They they rely on their bullpen. You know, not necessarily their starters. So there's a there's a lot of guys that you can match. They can match up against you. So you know they'll they'll come in and play the California style. You know they'll run a little bit and, and bunt, play some small ball. But uh, a, a group of guys that have won a lot of games in their career there. So it's just what we need non-conference. You know, we need to play a high level opponent. And, um, It'll be a challenging weekend for us, but uh, you know I'm looking forward to playing another national caliber type team. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans on hand, especially you know maybe because on Sunday they can bring their their best friend out to the ballpark, their dogs. It's Bark at the Park on Sunday, which is an 11 a.m. first pitch at Toyton Family Stadium. So, Coach, your last question: Are you a dog guy? Do you have dogs? Do you have a favorite breed of dog? Well. That's six questions right there, Mitch, and rolled up into one. Uh, we are dog people. When you have five kids, you, you might as well throw a couple more dogs in there. So uh, we have we have a, a Mastiff and a Havanese. The Mastiff weighs 175 pounds, wow. and the Havanese weighs nine pounds. Um, so we we got uh, both ends of the spectrum there, big dogs, small dogs. But, yeah, they're, they're part of your family and, and uh, not sure – the Mastiff would be able to handle the crowd and all that entails with Bark in the Park. He's afraid of her own shadow. So I, I don't think Mia Hughes will be making it out on Sunday. Um, maybe Molly will. She's the wily vet, 14 years old, so she can handle certain situations. But uh, yeah, it's always my favorite day, Bark in the Park. It's, it's, it's great atmosphere. It's great family fun. And, you know, just, just a reminder to folks it's the early start on Sunday, it's 11 a.m. start because of travel for UC Irvine and um, great way to start your Sunday you know Sunday morning over here at the joint we, we, we play good in front of a crowded joint so please keep coming out with our guys love it I love our fanfare and uh, no, no, no more loyal fan following than K-State baseball and uh, we do appreciate it yeah, Coach, you, Friday, first pitch at 6, 4 o'clock on Saturday, and like you said, 11 a.m. on Sunday. Coach, good luck against uh, the Anteaters this weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Mitch. There is K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes here on the game. When we come back, it's our number one song of the day, and I believe uh, Troy will really appreciate this one. That's next.
If you've never heard, oh, Troy Coverdale's a huge fan of Prince. Six years ago. Yeah, six years ago today he passed away. Crazy. But from 1984, Wind Doves Cry by Prince. Five weeks at number one. One of the funkiest songs to never have a true bass line. Yes. Whoa. That was one of my nuggets here. My apologies. It's just one of the most notable aspects of it because you don't think about it. You hear you hear the percussion in there, but you don't think that about the bass being missing. The thing is, like, I could just let you do this whole segment. I don't need to give you the notes. You don't need the notes. Just tell us all about Prince. No, you, please, go right ahead. Do well, not let me steal your... Well, American singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from... Minneapolis. Widely regarded as one of the greatest musicians of his generation, he had a wide variety of styles, including rock, new wave, soul, R&B, funk, pop, jazz, hip-hop, synth-pop, I guess. You could probably throw that in there as well. But he sold over 150 million records worldwide. He's one of the best-selling artists of all time. And he also wrote a ton of songs, including ones made popular by other musicians like Nothing Compares to You and Manic Monday. It was estimated he uh, wrote in the range of 500 to 1,000 songs. Unbelievable uh, lyricist on top of everything else. Yeah. When you really go through what he did and realized that he could play every single instrument on an album. Well, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. Rolling Stone ranked Prince number 27 on their 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. But the reason I picked Prince today was because on April 21st, 2016, at 9.43 a.m., Carver County Sheriff's Office received a 911 call requesting an ambulance to Prince's home. Emergency responders found Prince unresponsive in an elevator and performed CPR. But a paramedic said he had already been dead for at least six hours and they were unable to revive him. They pronounced him dead at 10.07 a.m., 19 minutes after their arrival. He passed away at the age of 57. It was determined he died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl. One of the things that uh, was part of the story at the time is that, and I know that TMZ was the one to first have their hands on that video, and it was uh, him at a pharmacy on the Wednesday night, the night before, and it was the fourth time he had been at the pharmacy in a week. Yeah, no Um, problem. I talked about this a little this morning. In his later years, you saw the effect of what so many years of high energy high heel dancing did to his hips did to his body it was why you saw him with a cane at so many events late in his career people thought it was an affectation they thought it was just Prince being Prince no it was in large part because of the condition of his hips at the time Yeah. in his career 42 studio albums 31 top 40 hits. How many number ones did he have, Troy? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. 
We'll figure it out. Uh, I'm going I'm to you on say. The spot here. You can I'm, I'm going to say ten. Yeah, you're way off. Five. Yeah, okay. Ah. Five. This was his first. Ha- have yep. Have you guys ever seen the video? It's um, a bunch of it's Prince, Tom Petty, Steve Winwood, Jeff Lynne, and others playing while my guitar gently weeps. And it's basically just Prince kind of taking over and playing like, I mean, he is such an amazing guitarist. But at the end, he just kind of throws the guitar up in the air and walks off. And you never see the guitar come back down. So everybody's like, what happened? Another thing to add to the legend of Prince. I'm not sure what happened to the guitar, but he just picked it up, threw it in the air and left. One One of the anecdotal stories is someone asked Eric Clapton about how it felt to be the best guitar player in the world. And, uh... And he said, I don't know. You'll have to ask Prince. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. A nice tip of the cap. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, From the album Purple Rain, if for those who don't know, Purple Rain, ranked by Rolling Stone, eighth greatest album of all time. The the lengthiest music video of all time. Oh, Oh, sorry. Movie of all time. Also (laughs) written for the movie Purple Rain. I've never seen it. Seriously. Never seen it. Have you seen Purple Rain? I have seen Purple Rain. Sage, have you seen Purple Rain? I have seen Purple Rain. (laughs) Uh, We went to a showing actually the weekend after his death. Uh, They had a special showing of it at a local theater. Right on. And Monica had never seen it. And uh, it was it was Wonderful to see it in a theater again. Monica's like, I've never seen Purple Rain, and Troy just stood up and grabbed the keys, and I was like, get in the car, we're going right now. <laughs> yeah, come on in, I'm, get, I'm getting heckled by Yeah, come in, what you, what's the story here, Sloan? Uh, yeah, no, no, Troy, you come on There's out. A, what? You don't deserve to be in the room with this guy. Like, oh. <laughs> Having never seen Purple Rain. with you? <laughs> how, how many? By the way, how many times did you use the uh, line about uh, bathing in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? Well, step up to a microphone, please. <laughs> Come up to the mic. So, you are from Minneapolis, right? Or in the area? Well, yeah. About I, I grew up about forty minutes away from the Twin Cities. I I actually saw Prince and his guys drive down my main street when they were going to shoot that Lake Minnetonka thing. They nice. actually shot it in the Minnesota River out yep. nearby. By wow. So for those that don't know, this is Sloan for 101.5 K-Rock, yeah. who opens for me. And uh, <laughs> 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 He's mad at you. That's actually my old joke. That's I, a really no, good one. I, I used to say that every time yeah. I came on. Yeah. yeah. And thanks, he's never seen to Dave Purple G. Rain. He's I, never seen Purple Rain. I, you know. Who's in Purple Rain? D- uh, well, Prince, yeah, Prince. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Morris well, Day in the Time, uh, Apollonia, Apollonia. You, you have to realize, literally, it is the it is the entire uh, roster, the, the of entire First Avenue crew at that point, <laughs> okay. the Paisley Park crew. There's no one notable other than them oh. in this movie. Okay, Smarty Pants. All right, so I'm going to quiz you guys. Okay. Then, when this song is played in the movie, what's the scene? Uh, I, what's the song? I would have been after. Uh, when does cry? After they had the fight at First Avenue, where he was hacked off because Apollonia had uh, been talking with Morris Day. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, very well. I will done. say, the father played by Clarence Williams uh, the third. He was also in uh, Half Baked as the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <a> Cuban B. <laughs> 
handy well, makes you dandy. It also says here we see Prince riding his motorcycle along with shots of intimate moments. Oh, yeah. No, ref- it's 80s, so, you know, it's the montage of, like, all the moments. As I said, the longest music video ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, Purple Rain, yeah. The yeah. 80s just filled <laughs> yeah. with movies of just montages, which is amazing. Rolling Stone did put When Doves Cry in their top 500 songs. Where does it land? Uh, it's one twenty-six, twenty, seventy-three, one twenty-six, thirty-seven. Ooh, oh! I was gonna say though. I mean, Rolling Stone normally has been real screwy with these songs. Like they're like, oh, Little Jackie in the concession stand boys is number four. You know, but Purple Rain would be like four ninety nine. That's how Rolling Stone gets down. In two thousand six, VH one one hundred greatest songs of the eighties, number five. Ooh. One of the things about Purple Rain too to to know is that literally he wrote it. The the movie, and yeah. yeah, he wrote the movie. Um, one other little tidbit. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, Purple Rain freaking rules, <laughs> and this song is amazing. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's a little. I'm tidbit. well familiar with the album. Yeah, this is uh, so good. Well, I can tell. I mean, I'm not the biggest Prince fan, right? Respect his work for sure. It's sure. Just, it's hard to find him out here, really. Well, and I, I certainly didn't grow up with his music. Yeah. Definitely didn't grow up with his music. That is something I came along, I, I I gained access to with the help of the internet, and I just had to get into it myself. That's not his best album, though. But I also, you think? Oh, not not even What close. is his best album? Around the World in a Day. Mm-hmm. I, sure. I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree Sound with you. Yep. I think uh, Rolling Stone actually said that that's his best album. I'm a lifelong listener of K Rock, and you don't, you, Prince would not be found on K Rock. You, you have to understand, which is funny because actually when 1999 debuted, it got some play on rock stations, oh, depending on the tracks. Uh, in fact, I was just listening uh, online to KLOS out in Los Angeles, mm, yeah. pretty much the rock, classic rock station of all time. They played five Prince songs today because obviously it's the anniversary. Um, but they played songs that I never thought that they would that they would play. But yeah, for sure, a classic rock radio played Raspberry Beret. A Raspberry Beret. They played uh, um, uh, Little Red Corvette, mm-hmm. 1999. They played everything that was on uh, on uh, um, uh, when or, uh, Purple Rain. I mean, they. Classic rock radio has been good to it. It's just that K-Rock's a little harder. Yeah, baby. I mean, I don't think anybody would turn us off for an immense amount of time if we played. If, like, Dave G tomorrow morning played, you know, the eight-minute version of Purple Rain. Should have played some today. It's when you throw it to Delirious that they might. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you one more nugget here. So I found this list. It was put out the day after he passed away by a publication called Paste. And they, they ranked When Doves Cry... The third best Prince song of all time. Hmm. They is go, that fair? Too high? Too low? I, I. Does it say what they put it? I didn't get. Did, no, two? I didn't. That's interesting. I, Little Red Corvette might be up there. I think Sign of the Times has to be up there though too. You would think so. Yeah. Given especially the fact that that was I, above and beyond where he started to delve into uh, everyday life slash political. Yeah. 
with his yeah. with his uh, diamonds and pearls was pretty good. Diamonds yeah. and pearls, also. Yeah. Yeah. As far as broad appeal, I don't think Red, Little Red Corvette and Raspberry Beret. I don't think I, I don't think When Doves Cry can beat those two songs. As far as broad appeal to sure. every person, Kiss. those two songs are amazing. Yeah. Those are great songs. You have to throw Kiss in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the true. one thing that he's not really recognized for is all this other stuff he wrote for other people. Yeah, which we discussed. Yeah, yeah, our, yeah Manic Monday. Uh, um, Nothing compares a, to you. Yeah, oh, nothing a, compares to a, you. Yeah. Jeez, this guy is super talented. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I tell you what, Sage, we're gonna we're gonna do some quick. Yeah. Let's, ask us anything. You get us out when we need to get yeah, out. Yeah. Let's so. do real fast, real, 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 real quick. Hey, uh, world peace or money? Go around the room quickly. How much <laughs> money are we talking? How much money would it take for you to peace. skip world peace? How much money? Of course, peace, but it's. It's more likely I would earn a billion dollars in world peace. So it would take a billion dollars for you to say money instead of world peace. I'm saying a cool million and you can kiss world peace goodbye. That's the thing. You might as well just take the money because world yeah. peace is pretty it's much impossible. Yeah, I, yeah. At, at that point, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh. Take the money. A 80, million bucks? 80 bucks. No! $50,000 and you're okay. Sage? Well, isn't the point of the question that world peace would happen if you said, I will take world peace? Yes. So yes, world peace. No, but what if, how much money would would it take to bribe you to not say world peace? No, I think I'll just take world peace. Sage. Young. She's young. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, could you count to 50000 nonstop for $50,000? No. You, you wouldn't or can you? Would you? Would I? Or can you? Can you? Can you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I can do it. I, Dude, I, you're I, a, you're underestimating 32,346. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> forever. That takes it time. takes one mistake and you're yeah, screwed. You're screwed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have to give the full number every dollar? Every time. Oh, every oh time. okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, probably, yeah. So, um, Sage, would you could you count to 50,000 nonstop for $50,000? I feel like that would take way too long. It would take long. so long. <laughs> Uh, hey, no music Real for quick. the rest of your life or all music sung by your significant other. I can get by with all music sung by a significant other. <sighs> yeah. Lindsay's a pretty decent singer. I would nice. go that. Oh, yeah. No problem. No problem. All right. We got to bounce. <laughs> We're done. Thank you to everybody in the room. You yeah. guys are great. Sorry. We're out. Best of tomorrow because I'm going to a concert. Go Cats. <laughs>